Hello all. So your girl's back at it again with the podcast. So I apologize for the very long hiatus. I took some time off to care for myself and my family and just my overall wellness. And I now feel, I wouldn't say completely refreshed, but much more ready to be recording a podcast and talking about what has been going on thus far in my life. I hope that those who are listening have had a great start to the year 2023 and that you have set your intentions for the year. I know I have. I have a couple of goals that I hope to achieve by the end of this year Uh, and I hope you have done the same. So jumping in to today's podcast, I just wanted to start by saying today's episode is all based on my experiences with mental health. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm none of those things. I'm a teacher. I'm a mom. I'm a partner, but a counselor nor therapist is one of them. So just want to insert that disclaimer. But I have been on my mental health journey since I was about 15, 16 years old because, you know, your girl, your girl had been going through some things. So I just want to tell you about the things that I do to try and alleviate my anxiety and discomfort in difficult times. Uh, And I hope that this can be helpful to you. So without further ado, I want to give you a little bit of background. So I want to say that my anxiety started from a very, very young age, but let's, let's try to pinpoint it. About 11, I was the kid that if I did anything wrong, oh goodness, anything wrong, or that was perceived to be wrong, I, I had the worst guilty conscience, I was anxious, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat until I confessed and told the truth, because I felt as if I didn't tell the truth, then I was like this bad person, and yeah, yada, 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 the whole nine. I was, I was very, very anxious as a kid. And nobody knew that this was anxiety because it manifested itself as perfectionism. I was afraid to be perceived as anything less than perfect. And so I was gifted and talented. I was in the band. I did arts and crafts. I was all of these, you know, athlete, all the clubs, president of clubs, vice president of clubs, overstimulated straight A's all of the above I am the definition if you look up gifted kid burnout I am the definition so let's fast forward to high school I'm in a relationship with a person who I did not recognize at the time I was in a very unhealthy relationship with because obviously I had two parents who were lovingly married But you're 15 and you know everything, you know, because all 15-year-olds know everything. So I ignored all of these red flags, you know, the love bombing and the uh, just the, the narcissistic tendencies from this person. And it resulted in a lot of uncomfortable situations that I ended up in and traumatic situations, to say the least. I won't go into, but... Um, that relationship lasted from my freshman year of high school until my senior year of high school. 
and that person was just no good for me. He was toxic and would gaslight me into believing things about myself that weren't true. And that definitely did not help with my anxiety. And I had a very anxious attachment style to this person. I felt like if I didn't change myself, if I didn't apologize, if I didn't do X, Y, and Z, then I wasn't going to be loved. And it didn't make any sense to me. And honestly, even at my ripe old age of 22, I still don't quite understand why I was so anxiously attached to someone. When I came from a healthy home, I came from two good parents who loved me incessantly. So I never really understood it. But I just had this incessant need to be loved and liked. And so I would do anything and change myself for this person. I isolated and alienated all my friends and myself um, in an effort to just be loved. Obviously, as you know, this did not pan out well. I ended up dating another guy. Very same situation occurs, except he was a little healthier, but you know, no better in the whole gaslighting department. And um, yeah, so now I'm left as this college freshman who has been through two relatively intense relationships in the last four years of her life and is single for the first time in four years in college. And I don't know what to do with myself. So I am exploring, I'm dating, I'm talking to people, it's exciting, but I'm mostly focusing on being a freshman in college. And then let's fast forward to the end of freshman year, I did a really dumb thing, started talking to that guy again that I dated for almost four years in high school. People don't change or, I hate to say that because I guess people can change, but this person did not. And same thing started to happen, got very territorial. I was an orientation leader for the summer at my college and I was living there over the summer and he would stay there and he was like, you're ditching me for your orientation leader friends. And I'm like, well, they're my friends. And he was just very territorial again. And I even brought this, this kid into my sophomore year of college. Leave your leftovers like in the trash. Okay. Like just don't bring them into good things. I got a house with friends. My sophomore year of college, I rented out a house had my own room for the first time in my life and I'm living I'm living okay and this joker was just so territorial wouldn't leave my house would get into awful fights and I just I knew I knew at that point in my life I'm, I'm 19 at this point I'm a sophomore in college I knew I had to break it off and so that was when I I finally cut ties and got my ish together um because what I was doing was just not healthy. Finally got back into therapy. I should probably, uh, let's rewind a little bit. So my freshman year of college, after breaking up with my boyfriend from high school, so I had two boyfriends in high school. Um, I got very, very connected, obviously, to the one that I dated the second half of high school. And when we broke up, it was devastating because I really did care about the person and he wasn't a bad guy. We just weren't compatible. But, um, once that happened, I realized I needed more help than what I was getting. And so I started therapy in college. And that was very enlightening for me. 
And that's what made me realize that the relationship that I had been pursuing was not healthy. And so now we can flash back to sophomore year. I'm still in therapy. I'm still on my meds, you know, because, you know, take your SSRIs. Just because you feel all right does not mean you get to stop taking your meds. That's just a disclaimer. But I am now, I've cut ties with this individual. Sophomore year of college. It's November. I'm heading towards the end of the, of, end of the semester. And I'm depressed. Did I know what depression was? No. Because you know what textbooks and media tell us depression is? Laying in bed, not showering, not brushing your teeth, not caring for yourself. You are a shell of yourself and depression has to look a certain way for you to have it. That is bullshit. Pardon my language. I'm so sorry, but that's bullshit. Depression can look very different depending on the person. And based on my history of perfectionism and high-functioning anxiety, it would make complete sense that I had high-functioning depression and that I was going through the motions, going through the motions, but that my roommates could tell you I would come home from school. It was optional if I would eat anything. I lost over 20 pounds. Didn't notice I lost over 20 pounds until I went home and my mother said something about it, but I was just so ill. I, w- I didn't have a good relationship with my family and I just I just couldn't I didn't have any passions anymore everything that I used to love music art it just it wasn't I didn't feel the love for it anymore and so I picked up on that and so I started to find myself again so let's flash forward to December, I failed a class, which was unlike me, considering I told you perfectionist. I failed a class, didn't do too hot in my others, was just getting by. And it was Christmas break of sophomore year. Keep in mind, this is the Christmas of 2019. So don't, don't, don't. But you know, I won't, I won't skip and ruin it for you guys. So let's Talk about that winter break of 2019, 2020. I'm living my best life. I'm working over double, triple time at Target, making bank, by the way. I rented out a house with friends, so it wasn't like I had to move out of my dorm. I was just living in the house with my friends. I planned a trip to Canada with a good friend of mine from my childhood. Life was fabulous. And then second semester rolls around. I'm in classes that I love. I'm in student government still. I'm living my best single life, okay? Talking to guys, getting my flirty on. I disaffiliated from the sorority that I was in, which is a whole different podcast story if you ever want to hear about that. Um, But living my best life. And it was the first time in my life I felt like I was getting to know myself. I'd been so anxious for so long That I didn't know what it was like to live without the voice in my head that was constantly telling me, you're doing something wrong. Are you sure you want to do this? And just second guessing and questioning myself all the time. I never lived without that voice because I felt like that voice kept me safe. And it's not true. It's not true. That voice does not keep you safe. It hinders you. And so I learned how to quiet that voice. I got back into the guitar. I got back into journaling and hot girl walks and running and your girl lost like 
even more weight, which wasn't good because now I'm like, you know, not very healthy weight at this point. Stick figure-esque, if you will, which nobody shame me here. But for me, it was very, very unhealthy and unsustainable, very restrictive. I didn't even notice how much I was restricting my food, but I digress. So I'm living my best life. And then March 2020 hits and the world goes to hell. Like it, it, it goes to hell. Shit hits the fan, global pandemic, college shuts down. We're supposed to be on a two-week spring break. So everything is great, right? Except it's not. And my best friend, who also struggles with his mental health, said, I'm leaving college this semester. I don't know if I'm coming back to this university. And yeah, love you, I'm leaving. So my rock through all this is gone. And I'm like, Okay, the world is shutting down. My best friend moved back to New York and I'm just a hot mess. But then I met the love of my life, who I'm still with, obviously. And he changed everything for me. And so that's another story for another day as to how I met Ajan. But long story short, he slid into my DMs, you know, super sexy. Uh, We got to talking, great person to have a conversation with still is to this day and the rest is history now we have a one-year-old and a life together but one thing I will never forget him saying to me is prioritize your peace I think from a very 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 early on point in our relationship I was very transparent with him about my anxiety and my depression and how I was hesitant at the time to call it depression but just the fact that I'd struggled with anxiety my whole life And that there were days that were so much better than others, but that I had really bad days. And that at the height of this pandemic, I was just feeling so anxious all the time, especially at the height of the social justice movements. I feel like all of the social justice movements that were going on made me even more anxious because I became more socially conscious of my words and my actions and how I was perceived by others because again it ties into that social anxiety and the fact that I was so fixated on what people thought of me and how they perceived me that I felt like I needed to be perfect during this social justice era this COVID era because I'm like what will people think of me if they know that I was exposed to COVID and then I came back to this like was I being reckless and like all the health things it was just It was a whole whirlwind and he told me prioritize your peace and our first date lasted two and a half days because we quarantined together and it was the best two and a half days of my life. I remember we always think back to it like it was the first time ever that everybody in the world was going through the same thing at the same time and it almost felt like the world went silent and it was just him and I in our own world and I, I just get like emotional thinking about it because I knew, I knew in that moment he was the love of my life. But, um, yeah, so he told me these words that I, that stay in my brain three years later, prioritize your peace. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the details of my anxiety because it goes on and on and on and on through COVID and being an RA and all that jazz. But, um, I realized I had to get my shit together when I had Sage. So I do want to touch upon a topic of just intrusive thoughts and OCD and just fears in general. Um, In an effort to not trigger anyone, I'm not going to bring up specific topics, but 
I had my first panic attack in a really long time in 2020, in September of 2020. After being home and quarantined with my family, which I have a unique relationship with. I love them to death, but unique relationship to say the least. Um, I don't do well with transitions. And so I was transitioned back into the dorms. I was an RA. This was September of my junior year of college. And because it was COVID, you weren't allowed to have anyone in the dorms with you. It was very isolated and it left a lot of room for a lot of thinking. Um, at this point, I'd gone off my meds because I wasn't seeing my therapist or my doctor. And so no one was there to prescribe them. So again, disclaimer, don't go off your meds if you need them. It's no different than being on heart medication or anything else. Take your meds. But because of all this, I had an awful panic attack and This led to a really long episode of anxiety and depression that transcended through my pregnancy and my early postpartum period. And unbeknownst to me, I dissociated for the first six months of Sage's life. And I know that TikTok and just this younger generation of mental health warriors uses certain mental health terms loosely but when I say dissociated I mean I don't remember the first six month the first six months of my child's life and it it breaks me to this day to think that I went so numb and that I'm living his life through pictures because I was doing I was going through the motions I was in survival mode and I tried to give him the best babyhood newborn phase I could but I wasn't present I was just going through the motions and I look back at pictures and they make me emotional because I can't remember how I felt until now um that just speaks to how unique anxiety and depression journeys can be but um I remember saying this in the last podcast but I lost my aunt and I lost her in May of 2022 which would have made Sage about five months old, almost six months. And um, that led to a panic attack that I suddenly, like in that moment, realized I needed to get it together. I, I dissociated and went numb to survive. And then once I all those feelings came rushing back to me, I knew I needed to do something about it. And so this is where the whole podcast actually comes to fruition and so now I want to talk to you about ways that I was able to heal and process through anxiety while still being present in my life as a teacher as a mom as a as a partner um first and foremost Overthinking and rumination is not going to do anything for you and it's not going to keep you safe. For my people who struggle with anxiety, specifically OCD, we have this tendency to logic and overthink ourselves and ruminate ourselves into safety or what we think is safety. But you're really just giving energy to thoughts that are not as important as you think they may be. You attribute importance to those thoughts based on how you feel when they occur 
Let me say that again. Just because you feel some type of way when you have a thought does not mean it's important. Fear, happiness, excitement, those are feelings, okay? And just because you have those feelings when a thought occurs does not mean the thought is important nor relevant. We have millions, bajillions of thoughts a day and we give energy to very little of those thoughts. And I found myself giving energy to every single thought I had to the point where I was policing my thoughts. I was I was a shell of myself. I was policing my thoughts and wasn't allowing myself to have thoughts because I was scared that if I had a specific thought, that would make me a bad person. And that's false. Allow them to pass just like clouds. They will pass. And I had to remember that when I was feeling that way, to ground myself. How do you ground yourself? One, for for starters, practice. Meditation and mindfulness takes practice. But I would look around me, recognize where I was. Right now, I'm sitting on new bed sheets from Home Goods, feeling real good about myself. I'm safe in my home. My child is safe with his grandmother. And my partner is safe with his friends right now. I am warm. I can feel my hair touching my forehead. I can feel Ajan's hoodie against my body, keeping me warm because it was kind of chilly in here. And so I can recognize all of these things and realize that I am no I am not in imminent danger. Your body is reacting to thoughts and feelings like there is a rabid bear coming at you. Save those emotions and those feelings for when the rabid bear is actually coming at you. Save those emotions, feelings, and reactions for when something bad is actually happening in front of you. I do not want to trigger anyone by coming up with a plethora of scary things that could happen because if you're listening to this and you have anxiety, I'm sure you could think of a thousand things that could go wrong in a matter of seconds. And so I'm not going to even assist you in doing so. But I do want to say that it is important to recognize that you are safe. And if you aren't safe, fight. Because if you struggle with anxiety, it means that you are much stronger than you know and that you are used to fighting those battles. And so when they actually happen, you've been prepared. You've always been prepared. But allow yourself the privilege to relax and feel safe in your own body for once. Another thing I do is sleepy time tea is where it's at okay chamomile tea the bomb i get the little sleepy time tea with the bear i think it's celestial i don't know has a little bear on it he's very cute but i drink sleepy time tea and i try desperately to not pay attention to the tv before i go to bed ajan likes the tv on before bed so i i just kind of ignore it but i try not to watch a terrible amount of tv before bed And I really do try to shut my mind off before bed. I put my phone to the side. I set my alarm for the evening. And I I wind myself down for the evening. Uh, I try not to read any emails before bed. 
I'm not going to provoke myself before I'm supposed to spend the next eight hours resting. If that work email is going to stress you out, like my work email stressed me out, love my students to death, but they will email me at 10 p.m. if you let them, they can wait. You take precedent. After all, those emails cannot get answered if you are not around. So prioritize yourself. Another thing I do is mindful movement of my body. This does not have to be lifting and pumping out weights in the gym. This does not have to be anything crazy. This could be a mindful walk. But I move my body in the gym. For me, it's in the gym because that's where I feel the safest. But just move your body because you wouldn't believe how much your mind quiets down when your body's in motion. I am very intentional about the movement of my body when I'm exercising. I take that opportunity to work on my breath work and my in and my out and just prioritizing breath work and form that muscle mind connection. I I like to prioritize all of that when I'm working out. I don't want to prioritize the gains and no hate to people who do work out for purely aesthetic reasons. I just that that's not a strong enough why for me. So I I work out for the pure intention of supporting my mental health journey and being mindful, connecting my my mind to my body. And I feel like movement has helped me realize that my nervous system is not under attack. Anxiety is heavily linked to your nervous system and how your nervous system reacts to certain feelings. And so if you move your body and you become more in tune with your own body, you'll be able to more easily check those negative feelings at the door. Because for me, when I have anxious episodes, my body gets really inflamed. It gets hot and my heart starts to race. My mind starts to race. My mind feels heavy. I feel like my my vision goes blurry. And with mindful movement and just having that ability to tell my mind that my body is safe, it has helped tremendously. So that's why I use exercise as in, as a supplement to my medication. I don't think that medication works on its own. I really, I do believe that you have to put the work in yourself. Uh, I think that is, that is it for, just like the active tips that I have. Um, Therapy. Therapy is something I heavily promote, but I recognize that therapy is a luxury. And so that's why I exercise because I recognize that therapy can be pricey. Sorry, guys. Um, I recognize that therapy can be pricey and it is a luxury. And so that's why exercise can supplement as that as well. And journaling, writing down your thoughts. I've been doing this since I was a child, 11 years old, did not do it for therapeutic reasons at 11. But as an adult, I write down my thoughts, no matter how silly I think they are. Oh, I got to get dishwasher detergent and oh, Sage needs diapers. And I really wish I hadn't said that to my coworker. Just all the dumb little things that I was thinking throughout the day, I write them down. And for some reason that makes me feel 
much better. Um, and so with that, I think those are all of my tips and tricks for navigating through anxiety while still being a present person in my home. If you like these kinds of topics, please, please hit that five star like. I think that's what it is on Spotify um, because I really enjoy having these talks. But I just want to make sure that these are things you're interested in listening to. I really do appreciate you listening and tuning in. And I just want to remind you that you are amazing. But that most importantly, you are safe in your own body. And that you should trust yourself and have confidence in your thoughts and in your feelings. And that thoughts are going to come and go just like the clouds. But you yourself have the power and the choice as to what you give your energy to channel your energy into the things that you believe matter and once you do that work the rest comes a lot easier and if you're going through a hard time right now it gets so much better it gets so much better so thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day